Hello, residents of Meepletown. This is Dean. This is Darren. And today we're going to throw the kitchen sink at you. We're going to be responding to our top 50 board games of all time. We're going to be talking about games we've been playing for the last two months. We're going to be giving you our Eschenspiel anticipated list. So thanks for joining us as we seek to create community through board gaming. This is episode 144. Residents of Meeple Town, if you were here right now, you would see Dean with blisters and band-aids all over his fingers. He's got bloodshot <laughs> eyes and about a week's worth of stubble on his face because all he's been doing since we finished our top 50 is playing board games, game after game after game. He hasn't eaten. He's he's lost even more weight. He's feeling skinny, Tony. He is he is a shell of a man. You ought to see this guy. I can something else. You don't need, you haven't even seen that movie, Darren. <laughs> you just gave me that quote and I felt like it was appropriate. I'm feeling skinny, Tony. So am I. For it's uh, heavyweights, if you're a big fan of heavyweights. I, I am not. I am not. Nor am I feeling skinny. Um, too many uh, too many fall sweets already. I've already entered into that season of my life. Oh man. Yeah. Some for some reason. Oh, I know what it was. It was the uh parade. It was a homecoming parade for our college. I actually <laughs> Funny enough, couldn't go to it, but my family did, and they got lots of candy. It was as if they went (laughs) trick-or-treating, and that's coming up. So we're going to have candy from here on out till, really till the summer. You go through all these holidays and then Easter, and all that candy will get thrown away periodically, but not fully until the summer. If you do it right, especially, especially since you work with college students, you keep all that candy in a bowl. And you put it out in your house somewhere. So that way, when you invite students over, they help you eat it. Ooh. Or I can just eat it myself while the kids are sleeping. You will no longer be skinny, Tony, <laughs> if you do that. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I have been known to sneak a few candy treats from their candy bags. You what are going to do? Horrible <laughs> parent. Uh, horrible, horrible parent. We have... A lot. I mentioned this in the intro, a lot to talk about. And in fact, too much. If we were to talk about all the things that we've done in the last month and a half, it would be a really long episode and we don't want to do that, I'm guessing. Yeah, because life has gone on since the top 50. Like while we're making those lists and we're recording those episodes, there are other things in our lives happening. It is astounding. Yeah, yeah. And in fact, I've since then, I'll talk about it in a minute whenever we get to our games, which is, I guess, right now. Um, yeah, we're, we are just jumping into it. Sorry about that. Meeple town. I know that you love 15, 20 minutes of banter before we get into our games, but I don't know that they do. Oh, okay. No, no they don't. Jo- sorry. Sorry, Johnny Meeple town. Who's listening to this episode. I know that you enjoy the banter, but we got some games to talk about. Uh, before that, let me, let me throw this out there. I know we're going to talk about this a little bit when we get to this section, but I do want to say thank you for all of our new listeners. And, uh, yeah, we have a lot, a lot of new listeners. And I know that always happens whenever we get our top 10, top 50 list out there. We just gather more and more people. And uh, you're welcome here in Meepletown. We are thankful that you're here. And I know we always do this plug at the end, but I just want to real quick, real quick, just say 
If you would like to plug into the Meeple Town community, I highly recommend going to the Board Game Geek Guild 3407. Some good conversation going on over there. Connect with us on social media, but also, and maybe most importantly, is if you're on Discord, connect with us on Discord. We can send you a link on the guild, or if you email us, we can send you a link. I don't really know a great way to do that because they expire over time, but um, we have some great conversation going on over there. And again, lots of new people listening. And so we want you to feel like you are part of this community and not just listening to ridiculousness on this podcast. Yeah, maybe we can even uh, post a link in the in the guild right after this, so that way by the time People Town hears this, there'll be an active link. That's a good call. going in and ready to receive them with open arms. Yeah, you know, I would put it on the, I would put it on the website too, but again, it expires, and I know that I would forget. So maybe if I remember, I can put a uh, post like once a month on the website. We'll see. Put a reminder well, in your phone. Technology nah, is amazing these days. Nah, that's that's too much. That's, <laughs> I don't know if it's worth it. <laughs> that makes too much sense. Let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We have been playing games. Darren has been playing one game, and I've been playing <laughs> a thousand games. That's been, not true, but... <laughs> I've been playing lots of games. I'm just going to talk about one and then just turn it over to you because you've you've had several uh, trips that have revolved around gaming a whole lot more than, than myself. Though I did get back from a retreat uh, this past weekend where I did get to play several, but I'm just going to talk about one that we've been playing... Um, actually a few weeks ago, and this was a game that was given to us at Gen Con. This was a review copy from Hachette. And this is Miller Zoo. Miller Zoo. I don't don't know if you're familiar with this one or not, Dean. Only that you've told me about it. Okay. A little bit, and so I don't know a ton. Hopefully you'll know a little bit more after this. Maybe not a whole lot more, but a little bit more. This is designed by Thomas. um, Thomas, I'm going to mess up your name, man. Edison. (laughs) Nailed it. (laughs) <laughs> ah, not not even close. Um, see if we can try this. Thomas Dejeuner L'Esperance. Thomas, I did my best, but I like your game. Spoiler. Um, published, like I said already, by Hachette and also Randolph Games. This is one to six players. Plays in 30 minutes. Uh, each session, anyway, plays in 30 minutes because this is sort of a cooperative legacy style game that's based on the Miller Zoo in Canada. There's an actual Miller Zoo in Canada, which is a zoological garden and animal rehabilitation center. Did you know Miller Zoo is an actual place? I did after you told me on our phone call a couple weeks ago. Ah, fantastic. Look at me just dropping knowledge. <laughs> in the game, you play as a staff. Uh, I think it may be like the staff. I think the characters on the cards may be named after the actual staff in the zoo. Not 100% sure. Um, so don't quote me on that. But you play as the staff and most of your actions that you take in this game are simultaneous, which is exciting for a lot of people. Um, but obviously, while you're taking these actions, you can obvi- you can talk about what it is that you're going to do, but you really don't have to wait anyone to do most of this stuff. At the beginning of the round, you're going to reveal cards from an animal deck that you're trying to receive into your zoo. All these animals, you're trying to bring them in so you can help them. And everyone, after that, everyone will draw four resource cards. And the resources on these cards are things like combs to groom the animals or balls to give them uh, enrichment. Or, or water, you know, for obvious reasons. And, and there's various other icons there. So once everybody has their resource cards, then everyone will draw a need card and they'll place the appropriate problem token on the animals that are on the board that have those needs. Okay, there may be some animals out there on cards or just already on the board that have a ball or a comb or a water droplet on them. And so when you see that, you place those tokens on those cards. 
Then all the teammates simultaneously will play their cards in any order to, to move around the board, move their character around the board to go and remove the need tokens from the animals, because that's all you do. You just play the card that has that corresponding um, need icon on it, and then you can remove that token. Or you can go to the animal row and play a certain various of cards, that may be two combs and a ball or two waters and, and something else, to then bring that animal from the animal row into the zoo and place them in their habitat. And at the end of the round, if there's any problem tokens still on the animals, then you have to manage those crises by discarding resource cards from the, the main resource deck until you've found the right icons to remove all those problem tokens. And that's it. That's basically how the game is played. And you win when you have received all the animals from the animal deck into the zoo, or you lose when the resource deck runs out. It's a fairly simple, straightforward, family weight, cooperative game, but it really is a fun little puzzle to figure out. And you can do it in a short amount of time. I think each time I'll play this, I soloed it. So obviously it didn't take very long. It's about 20 minutes. It might take a few more, a few more minutes if you're playing with it with a family or a few people. But one of the neat things about the game is that it also comes with six envelopes that you open. As you go along, you complete certain challenges. It's got some envelopes that you can open up to give you more. Well, let me say this. A few brief minor spoilers in the next 30 seconds. <laughs> if you open an envelope, it's going to give you uh, some more difficult animals to help. It's going to give you some new challenges that will help the game evolve. So it will change and become more difficult as you go. There'll be some new rules and some ability stickers that you can place in your rule book and on your character cards. So the game just kind of keeps getting difficult and um, how it plays will continue to evolve. I've only played the first two envelopes. That's all I've opened. I'm leaving the rest for you, Dean, and your kids to discover. I'm going to send that down Ooh, to okay. you here with some of these other games, let y'all play through it. Um, the theme is adorable. The art is adorable. Uh, this game definitely gets a play from me. Um, I don't mm. have small, you know, a, a family that's going to play these kinds of games. But if it was just me, I would I would solo it. I would solo it all the way through. But uh, so definitely um, a play from me. Does this sound at all interesting to to you and your fam? Yeah, it does. It does. It makes me think that um, it, it makes me feel like I would like it in the same way that I like my city. Hmm. Okay. Um, I don't. I don't know why. I don't know why it does. But um, <clears throat> yeah, I, I like the. I like the idea. I like the theme for one. I think the theme really draws me in. I think that's cool. And um, yeah, I'm digging. Uh, I'm. I'm digging some family weight <laughs> stuff. So it's. Yeah, I think I like yeah. it. That's good. Yeah, the, the theme really is um, fitting. I, it was, it's funny, you know, we're going to talk about some of these Essen uh, Spiel release games for a minute, and I see so many of the same themes, and so many of them are depressing. But, and so it makes me really, that's why I really wanted to talk about Miller Zoo, because this is a happy, beautiful um, thing that you're doing here. You're you're rescuing and rehabilitating and doing nice things for these animals. And uh, and again, I encourage you to go to the website of the Miller Zoo. It's just a, a positive experience to walk through and see the different things and events they have going on there. It is a good one. That is Miller Zoo, which was, again, a review copy from Hachette. Thanks for that. All right. Well, we have, uh, we, as in me, <laughs> I got a lot to talk about. I, I've been yeah, actually kind of, I would say maybe stressing over how to do this because I want to talk about all the games and I know that I can't. And so I'm going to blast through some and then like kind of point out some highlights. All right. So give myself about a five minute timer. I'm looking at it right now. All right. There it is. All right. Then I'm going to, uh, I'm going to blast through these. So 
first, I want to talk about Mancation. Now, there's two big events, Mancation and Tennessee Game Days that I was at since we last talked about games that we've been playing. And both are... Mancation is not completely focused on gaming, but we do play a lot of games. So I'm going to talk about that one first since it was the first of these two events. Now, we do some golfing, played golf a couple times, crushed it like I always do, you know, uh, eagles, holes in ones, things like that. Actually, none of those things happen, uh, but I had a good time, and so that's all that really matters. And oh, liar. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's not all that matters. We lost by a lot, I think. <laughs> <laughs> we do. Uh, yeah, anyway, you don't care about that. We, we played golf and had a good time. So Mancation, we play lots of games, the same ones that we talk about every year, which I enjoy. I like that about it. Now, we didn't get to play everything. We didn't get to play baseball highlights like I'd hoped that we would. Uh, I brought challengers, didn't get a chance to play that. But we did play our normal uh, Godfather. And uh, that's not one I'll talk about because I just talked about it. It's one of my top games of all time at this point. And... We played a five-player game of that, which went really long, and I think maybe lost some of the guys. Um, even though I think they all still really enjoy it, but I think they felt that we probably don't want to play that at five players anymore. Maybe stick to the four-player, which is is really good. I would still play it at five, but yeah, it's you need to have people who are moving along and not chit-chatting that sort of thing. <laughs> uh, played cash and guns. That's always fun. We played. Let's see, what our Survive? I don't think we've played that one in a couple of years, and so it was good to get that one back to the table. Another one of my top 50 games. Really, really enjoy that one. Uh, Scotland Yard, which is the old version. I've got the new one coming whenever you and I meet up, and I'm real excited about mm-hmm. that because Scotland Yard is a, is a blast. It is a, it's, it's a lot of fun in, in one of those staple games. But the two that were the biggest hits of the weekend both involved skulls. How about that? <laughs> Ooh, creepy. Yeah, I know. The first one is Skull King, and the second one is Skull. <laughs> just called Skull. Skull King, and both of these are, are new. I, I just introduced those this year. So Skull King is a game where you are, uh, it's trick-taking. You each start off with one card, and then you are progressively going to get a card. Every round, you're going to get one more card, so all the way up to 10. And you are bidding on... Uh, what those cards are and it's you know normal trick-taking rules the higher card is better the trump suit is going to be even better and then you introduce these uh pirates and you have mermaids and you have the skull king and they all do different things and they they are better against certain cards so like pirates can beat number cards and uh not looking at it. Sorry to see what they all are. Skull King beats everything except a mermaid, but a mermaid can still get beat by pirates, that sort of thing. So it's it's a lot of fun. And if you've ever played the card game Bid, I don't even know if that's a widespread known game, but I've played Bid for years with Steven. And I knew Steven would like Skull King. He was on this trip. He was a, uh, a big time listener of the show as well. So Steven really enjoyed this one, I think. I don't know if he liked it better than Bid, but basically, it is kind of bid without the extra stuff. I'm sorry, Skull King is bid with the extra stuff. And then there's even more extra rules that you can add on there. So I I really like Skull King. It wasn't my first time playing. I've played before. Uh, I think John and I talked about this a couple years ago, maybe. And, and he really liked this one, too. It's fun. And it's the only game I can think of that comes with a recipe for 
what was it? Blackberry Pie, I think it was. Uncle Beck's. What? Uh, Grandpa, Grandpa Beck's. Is that who designed it? It's Grandpa it? Beck. Yeah, yeah. I've got a copy of Skull King. I don't think mine came with any recipe. Ooh, is that right? Maybe I got a special copy of it then. Did you get the newer copy, the newer release, or is it an older one? Because there's been uh, like two different versions from Grandpa Beck. My guess is a newer one because it's... Okay. It's, I'm trying to think. I probably had it for a year and a half, two years, something like okay, that. Okay. Okay. That's probably the new, newer version with different art and apparently a recipe. That's amazing. Yeah. You play this one then? I love Skull King. It's one of the, yeah. it's one of my, I would say the top five trick taking games, maybe. Mm-hmm. We um, should do that list at some point, but I'm guessing yeah. that it would be on mine too. Uh, maybe yep. even pretty high. It's a good is, one. Is my guess. So anyway, that was, that was a lot of fun. And then Skull is the one that we played more than any game. And uh, I have grown to really love Skull. And, and have introduced it to lots of people. Now, here are a bunch of guys. When we sit down to play games, they're like, all right, Dean, we don't want you to teach us all these newfangled games. Let's play the games that we know. And I said, all right, I get you, but hear me out. And I threw Skull on the table because it was real late at night. I think we had been golfing or something like that. We were, it, it was late, probably getting close to bedtime on the first night. And so threw it out on the table, taught it in like 30 seconds. And yeah, they loved it. They love this game. Um, I don't know what else to say, but in this one, you are, are, you're trying to, you're, yeah, it's, it's kind of a bidding game too, where you're going around and you're putting tie, coasters down in a stack. And then at some point you might say, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to challenge it. I'm going to challenge everyone. And you give a number and you're going to flip tiles over until you flip a skull, which means you lose. But if I say four and I flip over four flowers, then I win. But first, you have to flip over all the tiles in your stack, which adds an element of, of uh, bluffery in there. And uh, th- this is a hit anywhere I teach it. I've taught this to all kinds of different people, and it's always a big hit. I'm almost ashamed to say I've never played Skull. I'd like to. When we get together, if we're with more people, it's a, it's a no-brainer to teach. You know, if it's just the two of us, I don't even think you can play this. <laughs> I don't, I don't think guess, you but. can, yeah. It wouldn't. It wouldn't be fun at two. Yeah. You want to play? Have a higher player count. I'm wondering too. I I kind of want to have another set. I think you can combine sets. Maybe. Oh, okay. I would yeah, like, like to do that because a lot of times it, this one only plays to five. I think five or six. Okay. And uh, I'd 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 like to be able to play it with more people, and it's really fast too. If you combine that, could you play with ten then? Yeah, that's what I think. I think okay, you can. I don't know why. I don't know why you wouldn't be able to do that. Maybe you have to change some rules or something. Um, I don't. I don't crazy. think so. Because it really is. If you get your bid twice, you win the game. That's it. Uh, well, I say that's it, but it's it's <laughs> it is a challenge to get yeah. to. Um, more often than not, I was getting eliminated. By the way, we did play Cash and Guns too, and I don't know if I mentioned. No, I haven't mentioned this on the show. I got eliminated in the first round of Cash and Guns. And we only played it one time over the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> Big hit for you. I, I was very sad, but yeah. I saw, it was really funny. And and I was still able to stay engaged and chat throughout the game. But anyway, that was Mancation. Lots of good games played. I'm already at five minutes, I think. So it's going to be longer than that. Oh, you're way over. Yeah, that's all right. That's okay. <laughs> I actually allotted myself more time than that. And I have more things to talk about for longer periods of time as we get to Tennessee Game Days. Bring it. All right. Let me start with saying I'm not going to talk about all the games that I played. I maybe I'll mention them, but I just I won't. All right. First off, I'm going to talk about Treasure Island, which um, talk about Jamie Epstein on the on the show before. Got to play with him. I texted him and I asked him when he was going to be there. He said, "Hey, I'm going to be there 
with my wife, Gabrielle, and, and their two kids. Would you like to play a game with the family? I said, oh, yeah, absolutely. I'd love to play a game with your family. And so we sat down and played Treasure Island and had a blast. And, and Jamie was kind of coaching me, letting me know, like, you know, um, you know, when I'm playing with kids, you, you, you don't always want to play your hardest, right? I'm not going to try to go out and destroy my kids when I play games. But here's the thing. He didn't tell me that his kids are a bunch of sharks and <laughs> they were going to destroy me at this game. But that is exactly what happened. I think his his uh, daughter, Juliet, I think won this one. Mia, Juliet, one of Juliet, I think won this one. Where you're trying to go around and find treasure. And Jamie was the one who was uh, who had hidden the treasure and is giving us clues to where the treasure is. But at some point in the game, he's going to then go around and start going towards the treasure. And if he gets there first, then we all lose and he wins. But if you're the first one to get there, then you win. And so it's a uh, one versus many game, uh, except they're all working not cooperatively. So I don't even know what that is. I, I don't know what you call that. One versus many individuals. Yes, there we go. Nailed it. <laughs> This game was a lot of fun. This is a really fun family game, and not even just a family game. I mean, it's a weight two point two four. It's not like it's it's crazy light. Right. Um, there's a lot of cool deduction things going on to be able to to figure out, and and as you do different things, you might get your own special clue that the other ones aren't going to get. And I just I think that's cool. I, I I really I like this game a lot. I think it's a lot of fun. I had, did have a chance to pick this up at Tennessee Game Days, but I'd kind of made a commitment that I wasn't really going to get anything. So there's that. I didn't pick it up, but at some point I could see maybe grabbing this one if it was one that I felt like my family would enjoy playing. Yeah, I've never played it. I've always wanted to, but then again, I've always liked that book. I remember reading it in middle school, and so the theme itself is enough to make me want to give it a shot. Yeah. Well, then after some time over the weekend, uh, Jamie's kids had left to go with grandparents and so uh he and gabrielle taught me revive which is not a new game but i've been wanting to play this one for a while revive oh goodness came out i thought i had it pulled up and i don't um revive came out it released <laughs> in the last in 2022 okay i thought it was a pretty recent release <laughs> that was so profound this well is a this is a Euroy game where you are uh, going around exploring on this map, really, ultimately, you're trying to be the one with the most points at the end of the game. And I can go ahead and tell you that I was not the one with the most points at the end of the game. I had the least amount of points at the end of the game, but I still had a really great time. It's neat because you are uh, deck building and you're playing cards. It's kind of weird. It, it has a feel a little bit of lacrimosa, I guess, where you're putting cards into your board and then taking the actions on those. But you're also going around and exploring. You're going to be building up things on the board. And in different spaces that you're building, you're going to be able to get more points. There's in-game objectives where you're trying to do these things to be able to get more points. I'm trying to be as vague as absolutely possible. But this was a big hit for a lot of people last year. This was one that made a lot of lists, and people love this game. And you know what? I get it. I really get it. I love this game a lot. I thought it was a ton of fun. In fact, I was going around looking for copies of this in the flea market, which I mm -hmm. unfortunately did not find because this is one I would have bought right away if I was able to find it. Yeah. Again, I'm I'm trying to go through these fairly quickly, so I'm not going to go into all the nuances of this one, but but I'm not going through it quickly. <laughs> You're right. You're right. 
but this does sound intriguing. Yeah, this looks good. At first, when it first came out, I, I wasn't all that interested. But the more I've looked and the more I hear people talk about it, I want to play Revive. Yeah. All right. The next couple I'll go through fairly quickly, though. Come Sail Away, Sashi and Sashi. And Sashi. This is going to be an SN release, I believe. I don't think this one's out yet. Uh, Steph Hodge had a copy of this one, taught me. And Jonathan, a, a card drafting game, pretty pure card drafting game. And you're moving your pieces around, trying to configure your your people on the boat and be able to get points. Cool game. Really like this one as well. Look for this one at SN. This actually probably would have made my anticipated list. Spoiler, it did not because I've already played it. And so I didn't put those games on the list. I had gotten my copy of Imperial Miners. You all know how much I love Imperial Settlers. Made my top list. And I got the game in quickly after, shortly after we talked about that on the episode. Got this played a couple of times. And it's quite a bit different than the other ones. Quite a bit lighter. But I realized two things. One, I like this game. I don't think I love it. But I do like it a decent amount. And two, I am not good at this game. Not good at this game. (laughs) Yeah, I got I got beat both times that I played it. Uh, two player games, one with Jonathan, one with uh, I forget his name. I'm so sorry. I I just met him that day. How rude. Yeah, I know it. But that is Imperial Miners. Then got a play of Dream World, an unconscious mind card game. This was sent to us by Johnny Pack. Uh, you and I will play this one, and I'll get more plays of this one. So far, I've only got the one play in. Taught Steph Hodge and uh, another player. I like this game. I don't think. They did. Uh, Steph did not like mm. this game. Part of that, I think, was unfortunately my fault because I had just learned the rules that morning, but I was like, I really would like to get this played. And there was a spot open in the morning before I had a chance to really, really dig into the rules better. It's not super difficult rules. You're flipping cards over, determining the position of uh, the order of your cards. And then the way that they're ordered, you're going to get kind of like point allowances based on how... The, the difference between your card and the next one in line. And there's also some other rules with how that works out and, and the placement of your cards. But then ultimately you're trying to be the one that flips over all of your point tokens to win the game. I, I thought this was a cool design. And the more I, I think I would like it more with more plays, even though I still liked it uh, the first time that I played it. I think this is one that you've got to have the right group. It's a fairly light game. Uh, if you know that going into it, but the rule teach is not bad. I just, I didn't botch it. I just didn't, you know, I was learning rules as I went and I never liked doing that. So if I knew it better, I would have taught it again. And I think there would have been some uh, better responses to it, but hopefully I'll do that better in the future. So we'll talk about that more and more, especially if once you and I get a chance to play it. Okay. Now three games. Oh, I want to be so fast on these, but I don't want to be fast on these ones. The white uh White Castle. White Castle. The White Castle. Not the is, fast food chain. That's right. Not the fast food <laughs> chain. In fact, I was talking to Michael who uh does videos with Steph Hodge on uh all the meeples of the rainbow, right? And mm. uh I was like, you know, lots of people play Bruges and Bruges and, and Carcassonne and Carcassonne, and I was like, I'm gonna take White Castle to White Castle. And then we started bantering for Longer than we should about games that we could make up and play, you know, like making up some sort of a Scottish McDonald's game and playing it in McDonald's. And Mm. it was a blast, but not as much fun as this game was. This was from the same designers, uh, Easter C and Shay S of 
Red Cathedral, which is was a big hit for me a couple years ago. This was the follow-up game to that that plays not like it, but it still has some similar feels, I guess, in the weight of the game and like the length of it. In White Castle, you are dice drafting from bridges and you are taking actions. You're putting those dice in places and taking actions. It's cool because the numbers matter. And if I place a number higher than the action space, I'm going to get money. If I place it lower, I'm going to pay money. So you have to manage your money that way. You really have managed resource management is huge in this game. Money management is huge. But then you're also putting out your meeples out onto the board. As your meeples go out, they're unlocking spaces that you can trigger later on. But they're also giving you in-game points when you're placing meeples out and potentially giving you uh, on the bridge spaces, giving you areas that you can um, trigger immediately. But then in between round, there's a chance that you're also going to get those uh, those bonuses or, or extra actions or whatever throughout the game. Lots of combo-y goodness in this game. At some point, I'm going to do a video of this. I, I am going to do a uh, mini review of this coming up. If you're listening to the podcast, I'll give you a spoiler and say this is a buy. This is a buy mm-hmm. game for me. And it's I don't know yet. I've played it three times now. I don't know if I'd like it as much as Red Cathedral, but the fact that I even have to consider that is a positive thing. I this is a great game. I think this is going to be another big hit. A complaint is they felt the need to stick this in the same size box as Red Cathedral. Red Cathedral should have been in a bigger box. This even more so should have been in a bigger box. <laughs> okay. But they're locked in now, right? You can't get away from that box size. So the next one's going to be the same way. But you have these cardboard bridges that are put that you put together. You can't take them apart, but they don't. Oh, okay. Yeah, they do fit in there. But right now that I've got some box lid, although there is a way to do it without the box lid. You just have to throw out the rule books, except the the one that you need. So gotcha. Big, I've... big hit on this one. Cool. Next big hit expeditions sorry i'm running through these expeditions <laughs> with the, was the uh scythe follow-up uh, from jamie stegmeyer that is uh that came out this year mm-hmm. i would describe this i i don't have to go into all the rules details this is scythe without the combat i think is a good way to explain that now that grossly oversimplifies what this game is i think there's more to it than that the action selection is very different uh, the way you explore the map and the way that you're, the things that you're doing on the map are very different than they are in Scythe. So it's not exactly like that. But what this game does is it gives me the same feel of Scythe. Scythe, you're taking, you know, a quick action. Your your turns are very quick, but you're like, I wish I could do two actions because then I could do more and get more done quickly. Well, you can't. You can't do that. And so this game really gives you that same tension that scythe gives you but you don't have the same tension in the combat which for a lot of people honestly i think is a positive thing i think for me i don't know if it's a positive or a negative i think i would rather play expeditions than scythe at two player which is high praise because scythe is the top five game for me expedition is going to stay in my collection we've got a a review copy of this one but i bought it so darren and i are both going to have copies of this game woot and this one will stay in my collection. Yeah, I, I again, this is one that I'll do a, a review of, and then you might see a full-on review from Darren and I down the road. I don't know if this yeah. is a, I don't know if it's a ten for. It's not a ten for me, probably. Ooh. The way oh, you were know. talking the other day in your top fifty, it sounded like it's at least going to be like a top twenty. 
game potentially. And looking at some of these lists that we're going to talk about here in a few minutes, it's already made a few top tens of Meeple Town. Because I'm a cheater, though, I will not put it and Scythe on a top <laughs> list. I will combine them, probably. Wow, but, okay, okay. But it is, for me, it was really good. And so I'm thankful, uh, Wendy and Mike, uh, listeners and supporters of the show, Wendy and Mike taught me this one. And I'm real thankful that they did, because it's not a difficult learn. And in fact, I came home and played it solo, too. And the solo is fun, but not not the best. Although I'm going to try it again and see, maybe I, I, yeah, I might like it better with more plays. but. Two, three players, this game is going to shine big time, I think. I played it at three. I don't know if I would want to play it at more than three because it did go a little long in the tooth. And five, I don't think I would play this at five. It's just too many. Hmm. Too many people, too long. Sounds sweet. I'm excited. Bring one it to more. Me. You ready for one more? Yep. This is the big daddy, Darren. <laughs> this is the one that I texted Darren and I said, "You, Darren, listen to me. Listen closely. If he was there, I would have grabbed him by the beard and pulled him close <laughs> to me and said, Darren. That might have been awkward. This game <laughs> that's right. This game will be a top 50 game for you, I think. This game is not released yet. This would be, I would say, probably number one on my anticipated SN release list. Oh, everyone's on the edge of their seat right now. Dean, tell us what this game is. Art Society. Art Society by Mitch Wallace. This is coming from publisher Mighty Boards. This could very well be a Canizia game, honestly, which is high praise. Although no, I don't want to, something. I don't want to take away from Mitch Wallace, who designed an excellent game. This game, you are bidding for pieces of art. How about that? Um, you each have these paddles with numbers on them that one through twenty, and these are all you have for the entire game. So if you spend your twenty right off the bat, then you don't have it for the rest of the game. Okay. So what's going to happen, one, two, three, flip, flip those paddles over with the number on. Whoever has the highest is going to be able to pick the pieces of art that are out there out of one more piece than there are players. We play three players, so four pieces of art out there. You take a piece of art and you put it onto your board. The production of this is insanely beautiful. Uh, it is top, top notch. The boards are really cool. Love the boards. Not even just the art, but like there's these little indentions on them. It's just, I don't know. It's just so cool. Um, but you get to pick what art goes out there. So I might pick, and I can pick whatever I want. I can pick, you know, all these different values. They have different uh, sizes. They're not different shapes. They're all square or rectangle. But it matters what you pick. Kind of, I would say, like a Castles of Mad King Ludwig-esque, where you're picking them, but you don't have to put them in order. You're just putting them out there because whoever bids the highest is going to take whatever one they want. It goes down the list. And the one that's left over is going to move up that painting in value, which I like that style of determining value. Like the you know stock market games do that, which whatever's left over, that's the rarer thing or that's the thing that people don't have. And so let's bump up the value on this one. It is such a cool game. And, and so the point of the game is to get the most points based on where you put your paintings onto the uh, onto the board. I did not win this game. Steph won this game, but I was pretty close. I feel like it did pretty well for my first game. Yep. Does this sound interesting to you? It does. I'm I'm really excited. When you texted me that, um, I immediately looked it up. And of course, in my brain, I'm thinking, oh, well, it has some similarities to, to modern art and whatever. Um, I am looking forward to having that discussion with you, you know, a little bit about uh, like, how would you compare them, if at all? But yeah, the looks of it, the sound of it, I want to play it. 
I want to play it. I do have a lot of art bidding games, though. So, you know, it's really got to step up. Martin, you know, Mitch Wallace has got to bring it here if he wants to creep into my collection of art bidding and auction games. I think it has a place. And I think it's different, too, uh, because the placement of your paintings really play a part in that. And that's, you know, raw doesn't have that. Uh, modern art doesn't have that. It, it, so this one, it gives you the feel of like a polyomino game without having the polyominoes. It just has the quadraminoes. Is that a word? Quad- <laughs> I don't know. Quadrilateral or ominoes, <laughs> I think is the technical Quadrilateral ominoes, yeah. <laughs> I like it. So anyway, this would be a big hit. Steve O'Rourke is one that I thought of too. I think Steve would really like this one. Uh, yep. Who, who really likes raw. This feels probably more like raw than than modern art. But it's its own game. It's its own thing, man. It's like David Pumpkins. If you've not watched yet, you'll get that <laughs> when you not. watch it. We'll get, we'll get there eventually. Meeple Town, I'm sorry. I took up way too much time on that. There's other, lots of other games that I could have talked about. Lorcana is one that I could have talked about in there. We haven't talked about that in a while. First mention. <laughs> but we're not going to do that. What we are going to do is we are going to give our thoughts on the top 50 list coming up. Okay, so Darren and I thought it would be interesting to talk about uh, just our responses to to our top 50 games and, and maybe talk about some honorable mentions in there and, you know, all, all kinds of recap. And since I took up, you know, 90% of the episode talking about my games... <laughs> I'm going to give us three minutes to talk about this. Just kidding. Before, though, before we do get to that, we Darren threw out a poll asking people, is that a poll? Asking people what their favorite game is. I guess just posing a question of what their favorite games are. And so Darren's going to go through that list of people sharing because I'm, I'm interested. I thought it'd be cool to see what other people's favorites are and see if we got some overlap there. But one person I want to mention before he does that is Eric Weiborg, who has throughout this whole process, but been posting his top 50 games every week along with us. And I don't know if I've mentioned that, and I apologize, Eric, if I did not do that, but I've really enjoyed reading through your list. And Mm -hmm. this one in particular, the newest one, I just wanted to mention a couple uh, on here. One, he's mentioned he didn't try Godfather or Endless Winter, but ones that he really wants to try. But his favorite game of all time is A Feast for Odin, which did not make our list at all, I don't think. Although it mm, it could have, and maybe even should have, because I really like Feast for Odin. But number two, I need my glasses to see this one. But is that uh, is that Blood Rage that I see on there? <laughs> Blood Rage fan, I love that. So I wanted to make mention of those, and also it's several other games on there. Too many bones, which I've seen on a lot of people's list that I'm super intrigued by. I think that's one that I need to get to the table. And then uh, Xenoshift Onslaught, which I, have you played Xenoshift before? I have not. It's cool. It's a cool game. I like it a lot. Mostly I played on the app, but I've played in person as well. Come on game, uh, cooperative deck builder. Oh, hey, John Me- Johnny Meepleton's been asking me about cooperative deck builders lately. I should have mentioned that to him, although that might be a little different than what he's looking for for his child. But anyway, that that is Eric Weiborg's part of his list. And so check out the Guild 3407 if you want to see more of his games that he posted on there. You know, and if I'm not mistaken, Eric is the one who had expeditions up there as well, right? Wasn't that number six or something for him? Or am I misremembering oh, that? I don't you know what? You're right. In front of me. He's number one of six. you. He is in number love six. with expeditions. Yeah. 
I really just looked right over that one for some reason when I was looking at the list right now. Horseless Carriage and Food Chain Magnate, which are crazy heavy games from what I hear, are also on his list. So I like I like Eric's got a good mix of different kinds of games on there. Um, heavy, medium, several super thematic games. It sounds like theme is, is important to Eric, is my guess. Yeah, I really uh, would like to play his number one that uh, you already mentioned, A Feast, a feast for Odin. Um, man, there's something about some good Uve Polyamino um, worker. Pl- I don't know. A feast, is, a feast is a beast, but but kind of thinking along those those same lines, there are some other Uve games that have made some other people's top top games in Meeple Town. Continuing on in the guild, if you follow the thread, uh, Neil McClatchy says Agricola would be his his favorite. I do love me some Agricola. I think I prefer Ooh. Caverna. But um, but I do love the the tightness and the just the granddaddiness of of Agricola. Funny enough, Neil was at Tennessee Game Days playing Cabana. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Neil, you traitor! How dare you out there cheating on Agricola? Um, some others. Thomas Carlson says if he went by plays, it'd be Castles of Burgundy. Played it over two hundred times. Man, I don't know if I've played wow. two hundred games, <laughs> much less one two hundred times. I probably a, played that one a hundred times. Is my guess. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, it's a great game. You guys are beast. Uh, let's see. Looking on down, uh, Sydney says, Race for the Galaxy for the win. I don't even know. I've never mm. played Race. I've played a role, but not Race. I think I'd I think I'd like it. We've got Kelly Lamb with Dune Imperium with all the expansions. Agreed. Do dig some Dune That's good with stuff. the expansions. Uh, there's a role for the Galaxy. There you go. By Ooh, Peter Schott. Right. Well called Peter. Uh, David Hersey, we've got Marvel Champions. Uh, Danita Hersey, excuse me. Danita says Marvel Champions, the card game. Man, there's so much fun there. Um, mm-hmm. Let's see. There's another vote for Castles, Evan Halbert. And Ryan says Maracaibo. I may mention Maracaibo a little later, potentially. You never know. I don't okay. know if I knew that Evan's favorite game was Castles of Burgundy. That's that's great. Well, okay. And in all fairness, Evan also says, or after the Empire. Now, that's He's a, a designer. A uh, cheater. You can't pick what? that game. How yeah. dare you? It <laughs> <laughs> is a great game. That's, a lot of fun. that's another one I'd like to play. Um, looking over at the Discord, Steve O'Rourke. <laughs> um, I, Steve, I don't know what to think of this. He said it would probably be the Quilted Castles of Targi Cordia. <laughs> His way of cheating and saying Castles of Burgundy, Targi, Concordia, and Patchwork. Man, that's, that's pretty clever. Call. <laughs> if I had to guess, I would have guessed his favorite was was Targi. That is funny. Yep. I've heard him talk about that a lot. Well, and I think if you look, there's a conversation that does spawn between him and now the newly named uh, Steve's friend, Jonathan, as they continue to talk about, <laughs> to talk about yeah. Targi and, and Concordia. Um, let's see what else we have in there in the Discord. Oh, there's so much conversation about Targi now. The <laughs> Jonathan, I think, has played that maybe 200 times too. He's played that a, yep. a bunch. Yep. Good conversation between them about that. BJ from Board Game Gumbo says Concordia still his favorite, uh, but Beyond the Sun is nipping at its heels. I did know he loves that game. He might be, uh, Challengers might be a top 10 game for him. Mm. As much as I hear him talk about that one too, Challengers is, that's good times. He didn't say you know, that, so I'm adding that in there. Not putting words in his mouth. You also didn't say it with uh, with a French or Cajun accent either, so it doesn't count. That's right. He got me on on uh, 
what did you just say? Beyond the Sun. I'm looking at that mm-hmm. on my shelf right now. That that is a great game. Beyond the Sun is fantastic. Um, so Jonathan says Oh, Targi didn't make the list, but he does say Rebellious Underwater Tribes of Istanbul. Oh. And yeah. so we got Star Wars Rebellion Underwater Cities, Five Tribes, and Istanbul. Um, yeah, wow, good stuff. I like the combining of these. on his list. I think his dad really likes Istanbul, if I remember right. Okay. Istanbul's fantastic. Uh, I want to play Istanbul the Dice Game. I feel like I may like that one uh, even more, something a little more streamlined about it. And now know. there's the, the Roll and Write, or Flip and Write, or Draw and Write, or some kind of Write game. Action and right, yeah. It's called something weird, though. I don't recall that one. Mushy Pizza says, Spirit Island or Nemesis. Ooh, I like how you're thinking there, Mushy. Sounds <laughs> good. Uh, Nicolibrium, Concordia. No, I'm sorry. Never mind, I'm misreading that. Uh, he's commenting on other stuff about Concordia or Istanbul. Wicked Cool Sean. This is interesting because there's a Kickstarter out right now uh, for this game. And it's probably the number one rated solo game, solo only uh, game, if I'm not mistaken. I was going to guess before you even said it. Yep. Final Girl. Yep. So much theme. Um, playing the feature films. Final Hope Against the Horrible Villain. Randomness of dice chucking and event cards. Terrible decisions of sacrificing victims and cards to mitigate bad rolls. It sounds really <laughs> terrible when you put it like that. <laughs> but you're right. Every story, uh, every game is its own story. Very cool. Um, just a, just a few more here from uh, from X, and all of a sudden it just it vanished from me. I had our our page pulled up, and as soon as I clicked on it, it it disappeared. So pardon me one moment as we look. And Andrew two six one Grand Austria Hotel, you got that right. Maybe my Ooh. favorite Euro game. I have to go back and look at my list. It's one of the top Euro games of all time for me. That's great. Amanda Calhoun, Sleeping Gods. Another vote for Agricola. Definitely a board game podcast. And uh, mm-hmm. John, according to Pemeeple, says Age of Steam. Oh, okay. All right. Well, there I you like go. I-, I love hearing the variety of Meeple Town's favorite games. That um, That is exciting to see that we are all over the place, um, which again just means there are games for everybody. I love the, the mishmash of all of it. Thank you so much, Meeple Town, for, for sharing your, your top games with us as we shared our top games with you. We are not ready to move on past our poll yet because we did have some extra thoughts that we have. And it, this is just a kind of a hodgepodge of things that you might think are interesting from your top 50 list, Darren. So we had a list of thoughts of possible things that we could talk about, but we don't have to talk about all these. And in fact, we I won't talk about all these. But I did think it was interesting to, to talk about a few. So especially as we compare, but when I looked at my top 50, we'll look at your top 50, both of our top 50s, all right? What was your average weight of games for those games? Do you know? I do. My average weight, um, I was a little little shocked, was 2.86. 2.86. You you thought that was going to be lower or higher? Uh, I honestly thought it was going to be a little bit lower. And then as I was putting the games in, I saw, oh, there really are lots of three point somethings in here. I thought, oh, well, maybe it's actually going to be around three. Uh, yeah. Because my my highest rated game was Frosthaven at 4.32. Ooh, um, wow. Okay. The highest weighted. And then the lowest, though, and this is part of the deal, was High Society at 1.48. So hmm. 
There were lots of twos, lots of threes, and yeah, it ended up at 2.86. So okay, not well then, Do you think mine is higher or lower than yours? I feel like yours is higher. Okay. Because you had a lot of really boring drab uh, cube pushers on your list that typically weight a little heavier than my fun uh, good games. So what was your average weight? It wasn't much different, actually. It was 2.89. Oh. Wow. Okay. So slightly higher. I also had a couple of ones on here. I think my lowest, if I can see it, was... By the way, when we're speaking of weight, mm. that call. can mean different things, but it, there's Board Game Geek does this weighting system where it is... You know, a five, I think, is the highest weight, meaning the heaviest game in, in sense of like difficulty to play or difficulty of rules or whatever kind of criteria you want to give to that. Light meaning it's a an easier game to get into. I guess that's probably the uh, quick way to explain that. But my lightest game was Survive Escape from Atlantis at 1.7, I believe. And then I had a couple like Foundations of Rome, but it's it's so all this is kind of deceiving i guess foundations of rome is as a 1.99 it is at the base game but i would say the if you add everything in there it's more like a 2.5 is my guess that right. that would be what i would put it at quacks of quedlinburg was at 1.95 um and i think those were all of my ones and then my highest i honestly don't quite know what that is it was a three point let's see gloomhaven jaws line 3.63 might be the highest, which is kind of weird because I wouldn't think that that's the heaviest of these games, especially Jaws of the Lion. Wow, that's interesting. Until you yeah. add everything in, but again, this is all this is all user reviewed on here, so it's it's all subjective. Uh, I think maybe Keyflower is is oh, no no no. I'm sorry, Eclipse Second Dawn for the Galaxy is three point six five. That's my highest weighted game that I see on here. That seems pretty right. I would say it's yeah. even though I, I don't know. Once you get going, I don't think it's a really difficult game, but that's kind of my jam. I don't have a, a ton of really heavy games, I feel like. Yeah. So that yeah. that's pretty normal for me. I, I stay around that 2.8, I think, is what we've figured out from years past. Yeah. Do you know the, go ahead. No, no, you go ahead. Do you know the newest or oldest games that are on your list? Yeah, so my newest was Thunder Road Vendetta Maximum Chrome Edition. It came out just a few months ago. Mm-hmm. So that one's pretty brand spanking new. And my oldest was, again, maybe the version wasn't the oldest, but the game itself, um, which is still the same, minus a few component tweaks and everything, is Modern Art, 1992. 92 Modern Art. Okay. 92. Okay. Yeah, yeah. What about you? I think I had Raw on my list, um, which was 99, but my oldest was uh, 1982 Survive Escape from Atlantis. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and honestly i'm not quite sure about my newest game i've got several that are more newer releases but i think legacy of you might be the newest one on here okay and that was 2022 right no i think it was this year was it i think that's right Uh, i should have checked that one now you're gonna make me look at things dude come on man you gotta make me look at things i i think um i had a couple other ones that were uh legacy if i can spell a legacy of you it's 23 yeah you're right yep, 23 i so i'm my guess is that's probably the the newest one on here and i've i've got some 2022 releases foundations of rome and uh wonder 
Wonderland's War, uh, Endless Winter, Paleo Americans. Yeah, but my guess is Legacy of You is probably the newest one on here. Cult of the New, man. Cult of the New. Ooh, oh, this is a news moment, but I still got to say it. So I've just looked on here and Yokohama saw it on my list. There's a new version of Yokohama coming out that looks amazing. So I'm pretty excited about that. I'm not going to get it, but I'm excited for people to get it. So maybe okay. you can play their copy. <laughs> <laughs> what uh, What else do you want to talk about on here? I guess well, I didn't look at my highest and lowest rated. Well, I think you, I know what your highest one was, and that was Brass. That's right, because it's rated number <laughs> it's, one. It's number one on BGG. But, uh, but do, you don't know your lowest? I have some hunches for my okay. lowest. You go ahead and talk about yours, okay. and I'll, yeah. I'll get to that. Sounds good. Yeah, my my highest, uh, again, maybe obvious, was Gloomhaven, which is rated again on BGG at number three. Um, overall, of all time, should be number one. But my lowest, I think this was the the underdog of, of both lists. I think I've got you beat on this one. And that is Batman, the animated series Adventures, The Shadow of the Bat, coming in ranked overall... Three thousand five hundred and fifty-one. Yeah, you you, did, you definitely have me beat on that. <laughs> and I don't I, honestly just looking at this. I'm a pretty, I don't know, pretty vanilla person. I guess I I agree with the people. <clears throat> people they like me, you know. Uh, they like me because I'm I, I'm one of them. My <laughs> hunch is again maybe survive. Although I don't know where survive is at. Uh, wow, that is like a stat buster. It's in every category. Survive? Yeah, you've mentioned it oh, like in three different ones. Yeah, and I, that is just me speculating 100%. I really don't know if that is, if that's the case. The problem with it is, though, is like, I don't know, Legacy of You might be low, but if it's been, if it's new on the list, right, you can't really it's count going it. to be low. You know, so it's that, that one. So maybe this one is Legacy of You is ranked overall 1278. So my hunch is that's yeah. probably the lowest, but I also feel like it's probably on the rise is my guess. Yeah, it, it, it can be the lowest with an asterisk because it's not going to stay there. There we go. So who knows what the other one is? The, okay. the world may never know, actually. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What about uh, honorable mentions? How about that? You got any honorable mentions? Honorable mentions, you mean it's games that we have played that could move up in the top 50? That's right. What you games, mean by that? Okay. Games that really, maybe even you're looking at your top 60 or something like that, but okay. some games that you're like, hey, this really easily could have been on my list. Yeah, I feel like one that I was a little shocked that didn't make it was Aura at Labora. I do love, like I said, some Uve and uh, not having him represented in the top 50 was kind of weird. I feel like if I had played Aura at Labora more recently and played a little more, that it might have made the list. Undaunted, uh, particularly in North Africa, I think make it mm. if, I, if, if I could play it more, I think would, would make it. I do love that system. Baron Park, I love Polyomino Games and Phil Walker Harding. The Bloody Inn, oh my goodness, Bloody Inn. Uh, if we had done the top 50 in October, there's a good chance <laughs> that the Bloody Inn um, can make it up there, just that Weberson Santiago art and the fun card yeah. game. And then, you know, you can't, you got to have some Star Wars in there. I feel like Star Wars, a deck building game could have mm, could okay. have made it again if i'd played that a little more and i went back and forth a little bit between that and even star wars unlimited even but that that's not been released yet it's not even a real thing but having demoed it and how close it feels to the deck building game uh, but there's still something about that i love 
how they're going to do that. And I feel like the more I play of that one, especially as an expansion or two come out for that one, that's probably going to move up. What about you? Any honorable mentions? Gosh, there are so many, honestly, because, you know, you heard me say a lot, this used to be on my list, used to be on my list, and it kind mm-hmm. of became a joke. The reality is I've played, since we first started doing top 50s, I've played a lot of games. And so now what would have made my top 50 would make my top 100, even though I still love it. It's just there's that many more games to compare it to. So so I really could give my top 100. I'm not going to, but Modern Art uh, was one. Sheriff of Nottingham, uh, which is almost always on my list, was just outside this year. Marvel Champions, the card game, Terraforming Mars or Ares Expedition. Goodness gracious, there's a lot of these. Battlestar Galactica, Raiders of Scythia. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Wow, there's just so many. I, I, Carnegie, Tawantin Suyu, Feed the Kraken, Nemesis, Western Legends. I mean, it's just, yeah. I, I really, I'm at the point where I probably should be doing a top 100 and maybe I should do that as a separate, you know, quickly going through 50 other games or something like that. But that's- right. That's just kind of where I'm at in in gaming. Because if it's a top 100 game for me, I mean, okay, Thunder Road Vendetta was number 100 on my list based on mm-hmm. Pub Meeple. You know right. how much I love that game. <laughs> right. A lot. I thought it was fantastic. And so there we go. That's the standard right now, I guess. Yep. Maybe I'm a, I'm a lover of games is what it is. <laughs> it's a good place to be. Spielophilia. Is that a... I don't <laughs> oh, I don't, I don't know that. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds really problematic. Let's <laughs> let's not do that. Sometimes I should think through the things that I say. That's what my wife says. You know, just give it a second, sit well, on it, I, and, and then and then if you feel like it's something you need to say, say it. But otherwise, you don't have to say everything. Again, you are the editor of this podcast, so Meeple Town. <laughs> if anything makes it that's somewhat shady or suspect, it's all Dean. Just so you know. Oh, oh man, how times have changed, I guess. I'm still not as bad as John, so I can always I can always rest on that. <laughs> so so you know, we talked about some of the games that um that might, you know, make the list that we've played. Did you did you think about any games that you think could make your list if you hadn't played them? Do you have any games like, you know, if I could have just played that one? That oh, one I feel like that could I jump did, in and make, yeah. ones that I did not yeah, play. Yeah. Things you've not played. Do mm-hmm. you think but you think if you had could be a top fifty game right off the bat? It's tough. Yeah. More so I can think of games that I may have played a long time ago than games that I haven't played yet. Although those those games exist. Like Revive was one that I just played that could have potentially made that list for me. So I, I guess that's not the same thing, nor is Western Legends and, uh, what was the other one I just thought of? Western Legends and Nemesis, okay? Ones that I haven't played in a really long time that very mm-hmm. easily could have made the list had I played it. Other than that, I mean, Unfathomable, because Battlestar Galactica is a game that was just mm-hmm. outside my top 50. I think it was like 54 or something like that. And Unfathomable is one that I've been wanting to get to the table and have yet to do that. Um, but other than that, I'm sure there's a ton. I'm sure there's some stuff on Feld games that I've yet to play that could fall in that category. Who knows? What about you? Oh, Vindication. Actually, I'm looking at one of my shelves okay. right now. Vindication sits unplayed. That seems like it would be my jam. Gotcha. Yeah. For, for me, you know, we mentioned a few last week. 
uh, there towards the end of the podcast, and especially in the post-credit scene, the you know I mentioned Root. Uh, I feel like Root would definitely be one. Godfather, Corleone's Empire, Mage Knight would be uh, an epic. I'm looking forward to playing that solo at some point. I think that'll make it. But some, of course, there's some Rider Canizias out there I still haven't played yet. Zuvadis, uh, which just recently came out, just a pure negotiation game. Looking at that, I feel like when I play that one, especially with the right people, that's going to be uh, a potential top 54. Amun Ray, another auction bidding game from Canizia, I think could. And even in this one that comes out too, just because Night of the Living Dead, Zombicide game made it. I feel like when Marvel Zombies arrives, that could jump in to that spot potentially. And, um, mm-hmm. and you know, I'm feeling Vital Lacerda. I've not, uh, I feel like Lisboa. I've heard so many good things about Lisboa. I own mm-hmm. Lisboa. I feel like that could be one that could take that big, uh, chunky, heavy, meaty Euro uh, spot in that top 50 list if I ever get around to it. And I'm a sucker for pirates. Merchants and Marauders is another one that I really want to play. And with as much as I love pirates and, and that type of game, I feel like that one may be an outlier because people talk about how long the turns are. We'll see. But if I can ever get that one played, um, I feel like that one's got a shot. That's a good call. I'm looking at another one. Uh, and Jonathan had this on his list, but Star Wars Rebellion. Right. Yep. I I really, I'm intimidated by that game big time. It's a long game. The person I would play it with is my 11-year-old. He's real into Star Wars right now. I just don't know if it'd be too much. It'd be too much for one sitting for sure. We might have to break it up, but I, I'm just intimidated by it. So, yeah. yeah. But, but I'm, I'm sure there's other ones, and there will be more that come out this next year that definitely will will fit in that in that spot for me. Yeah. You know, games that I have not played yet that could potentially be on the list. Now, last, I guess, to think about is games that could drop for you. Mm. Oh, that's that's really that's really tricky you know because any of them could drop really um as, as i was looking at my list i feel like the top almost everything in the top 20 is pretty pretty safe from from dropping but um you know the only one that might drop in there just because of playing some of the other games more might be glenmore 2 chronicles maybe um <laughs> J- just yes. a smidge. I'm just saying, not, not like drop out. Just drop a little bit down down the list. Castles of Burgundy, another one that might could could slide down a smidge. Journeys of Middle Earth, uh, the Batman uh, animated series, um, could slide a little bit. Just as I play some of these others more, Viticulture maybe one of those uh, euros that get sacrificed on the altar of the top fifty. As I play some of these other new ones that are that are coming, and those are some of the only ones that maybe jumped out that felt like it could slide some. What about you? Yeah, I think it, you would think, just look at the last part of your list, and those are the ones, but that's not actually true at all. Right, Some right. of mine are a little bit higher, like you just said. Puerto Rico has dropped, drop, drop, uh, from, I think at one point it was like four or five on my list, and it just has dropped down to the 20s, so 27 is what it's at right now. That's a possibility. Nations is another one that could potentially drop. Legacy of You that I just mentioned, I have heard from people and I'm not quite done. I'm I'm getting close to finishing up that campaign. I've heard from people that once you play through it, you might not necessarily want to play it again. I I feel like I would disagree, but their big thought was you can kind of solve it. That's what I'm hearing. And I get I get that, although I, that's not been my experience yet. But if that does happen, I could see that one falling completely off the list. But yeah. you know, if you 
keep up with my list over the years, you see a lot of fluidity there. Uh, Small World has been on and off my list, mostly on, and it wasn't on this year. Uh, there was another one I was just thinking of. Well, I mean, Sheriff of Nottingham, a game I love, 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 that didn't quite make it just off off the list. Memoir 44 has been on and off and on and off again. It was off this year. It was on last year. It was off the year before that. It's just, hmm. you know, am I getting it played? That really is is what it comes down to. Because there's a ton of games that I love. Again, my top 100 plus, probably top 200 are games that I'm just really, really like a lot. They could rise the more I play it, you know? And, it, and part of that depends on if my family likes it or whoever I'm playing games with, if they're if they're really into that game. If I can get people to get really into challengers, <laughs> I could very well make my list at some point. So... So it's just fluid. My list is a little more fluid, I guess. If you want to get challengers played, you need to go to Germany and play with some of those people because they're the ones who voted it the winner of the Spiel, you know? Spiel des Jahres. And speaking (laughs) of Spiel, let's go to Essen. Meeple Town, we are back and we are in Germany with Darren's family the Freudenthals <laughs> as he calls them except in America they're the Freudenthals which you know they're all shaking their heads all all yeah. the people in Germany right now are like why why do you call yourself Freudenthal they're laughing at us literally <laughs> laughing <laughs> but we are there because well we're not uh transparency I would love to be there that was I actually I would be if if I had to choose one place to be in the world this weekend, right? Is that when Spiel's going on? Um, so when this episode drops, it will be the next week. So we are we are the one right. week ahead of um, of Essen. But if you're going to go there for that weekend, you'd want to be there earlier in the week. So really, in just a few days after this episode yep. drops, we would be there taking in the the food and culture and 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 wonderful people. So if we have any listeners that are also you know, publishers or people who are like, I would love to have some English only speaking people to come help with running games. You hit us up because we want to go and we want to celebrate this festival with you all. We're going to do that today by talking about our top five games that we would be buying if we were there. We would run as fast as we can to these booths, pushing down women and children and and older people to get to these games. Disney Lorcana all over again. (laughs) (laughs) oh i would not i would actually walk calmly Mm -hmm. uh, because i actually value people in their lives (laughs) but i am excited about some of these games that are coming out i'm I'm gonna i've got some honorable mentions that i'm gonna list at the end and maybe kind of throughout as we talk as well because there's a couple of publishers that got some really they got some bangers coming out, and so I would be very, very excited to check out several of them. One of these games that I actually had a chance to play kind of at Tennessee Game Days, and I didn't even realize what this game was until I'm doing this list, and I was like, oh, wow, why did I not play this game with Michael, who I love playing games with, and who is a great, fun teacher, and we tend to like similar games. This game is Station Fall. A game of blackmail and betrayal, murder and mayhem, danger and destruction. How about that? What is, yep. You had me at betrayal. That's right. That's right. (laughs) So this game, it is a, I'm going to read some of the description on this. What it's, 
it says that it's a box full of creative solution, but that box is going to morph, twist, and grow teeth over the course of play. Your best turns will exploit the unique tactical freedom of being a secret conspiracy, as well as deductions about your opponent's identities and motives. It's a messy, intricate, and full of dangerous variables. So I, I know not a ton about this game, although the theme looks really cool. But what I'm seeing is it's a really thematic, sillier, funnier game that, that makes a lot of funny stories for heavier gamers. That's what I'm seeing this described as, which is a pretty cool description of a game. But there's a big storytelling element of this game and you it's a um a, a space themed game and so i again don't know a ton about this you can actually find this in different places i think the kickstarter has been released there's lots of cards on here there's some miniatures which i like some miniatures that i guess the base game doesn't have that unless you got it with the miniatures but you are exploring on this uh space station and i guess trying to you know figure out who the other people are but i don't even care that much other than just the way that i've seen people describe this game and and how many positive really positive reactions i've seen to this game i i should have tried to get this played and i am kicking myself for not doing it that is station fall my number five that is interesting. Yeah, so this is one that that is on that is available. It can be picked up in various places, like you said. It's been delivered. My list. I took a little bit of a different approach. Um, my list. I am not including any game that is already available. Maybe in the honorable mentions, but as far as my top five, all of these are games that you can only pick up at um, at the Spiel in Essen. Maybe you pre-ordered it and that's the first time you can pick it up or it's just being released there. They're all only games that you can buy for the first time. Unlike Dean, who's cheating over there. The uh, I actually think this is not available, really. I've only seen like the aftermarket ones. Or am I wrong about that? Oh, I don't. I do not know. I thought I saw it here. Listen, I know I, I know. I saw some of the aftermarket ones. I thought I saw it someplace else. So maybe not. So maybe not as big of a cheater as I... It could very well be that it I is it. available. But if it is, it's it's pretty new. And gotcha. so it's... I, I include it. Because I felt the same way. I, I put games... One, games that you can buy, not just demo. Although I'll talk about a couple at the end. Yeah. And then I also talked about... Uh, I also put only games that I have not played. Three games that I played at Tennessee Game Days would have made my list. For sure. I, actually, let me go ahead and say those. Sorry, I should have said this at the very beginning. But good. White Castle is not on my list because I've already played it. And it is phenomenal. Great game. Uh, Art Society is not on my list. I would be, I really would be pushing down people to get to this one. <laughs> and then the last one was the, uh, oh goodness, what was it? The Sasuke, Sashi and Sashi game. Come Sail Away. away. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Another another really fun game. Yeah. Oh, ah. I forgot my intro. I was going to do an intro on this being the year of the Civ game. And I butchered it. I just didn't do it. But this is the year of the Civ game <laughs> at Eschenspiel. If you look at the list, which there's like 1,200 games on the Board Game Geek list that we were looking through, there are a lot of Civ games on there. A lot, a lot, a lot. And one that may have made my list and another that... Actually, there's several that could have made my list. I'll, I'll get to that at some point. But on, on the... The ones that that I noticed on there, just kind of the highlighted ones were, um, oh goodness, where did they go? We got Empire's End, Civilution, 
epochs, path of civilization, yada, yada, yada. The list goes on and on. So anyway, there's some really cool, really cool Civ game options on there. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure if any Civ games made my made my list, but we shall we shall see. And, and and I'll be honest, I wasn't as excited about this list overall, this preview list. And again, we're we're pulling from games that are on the the preview list that's on uh, on the BGG website um, that uh, Eric Martin puts out there for for all the major conventions. And so that's what we're looking at. There were over 1,100 entries on this list, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Yeah. I think that was right. I looked through a lot of games for a long time. And, and I'll be, I will confess, I did not look through all 1100 plus. I got through about 400. I thought, you know what? I think I'm just going to call it here. (laughs) You're admitting that my list is better. Uh, I'm admitting your list may have uh, lesser games on there, but, (laughs) (laughs) but, um, but yeah, so, so again, not as excited about maybe our Gen Con list in part because so many of these games that you're slogging through were also on the Gen Con list. Some of these games, like we've already mentioned are already up for retail. Uh, You can buy them. They were released in September or August or June or July. I'm like, why are these games still on here? I understand why Eric has to put them on. Uh, I heard him talk about his whole process. It's pretty extensive. I would not want that job. Um, he does a phenomenal job, but there's just lots of games on there that sort of it's plus you throw crowdfunding in there. It's just a harder being excited about convention list as getting harder and harder as release schedules and those kind of things. Um, anticipation, hype, all that kind of stuff is kind of weighing it down a little bit. It's true. There are a ton of. S, uh, Gen Con releases that have not even released here, let alone in Germany, though. So I, I right, get, right. I get that. But to keep up with it all, it really is Im- impossible. I mean, for one, for, for one person to like really know exactly what's coming out exactly at one time. So, and especially when the publishers themselves don't know. You know, you talk about some of them at Gen Con, yeah. like you know, they're hoping that this happens. Oh well, now it's going to be three more months. I mean, you just can't, you can't help some of that stuff. Yeah. So word, word. taking all that. <laughs> Taking all that into consideration, my number five for this one is um, one of by one of my favorite designers, along with a few others. This is Sea Dragons, uh, designed by Simone Luciani and Yaniv Kahana and Pini Schechter. Doing my best there, y'all. Uh, art, one of, again, one of my favorite artists, Weberson Santiago. I saw the names Luciani on the designer bar and Weberson Santiago on the art, and I was I was sold. Published by Fractal Juegos. This plays two to five players, 30 to 45 minutes. In this game, each player is a family of sea dragons trying to protect the seas, the the four underwater kingdoms from humanity. And you're doing that by sinking pirate ships and collecting treasure. And I look at the board. The board is a beautiful rendition of the ocean. And the dragons that you are are these little wooden pieces that look like dragon heads and little arches that represent like the parts of the body that are showing on the surface. And so... As you put these dragons out there, it looks like those old map drawings. It's like the old pirate ships or old drawings from back when they thought the world was flat and all those kinds of things. And uh, with just like a dragon head and little humps, that's what it looks like. You know, like you can just imagine the map saying, here, there be monsters. But on your turn of this game, best I can tell, you go ahead. It like you're about to say something. No, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not. It, it's a beautiful production. You're right. It's a really pretty game. It looks nice. And the best I can tell from how you play is that you play these pattern cards to position your sea dragons on the board. Um, But there's also going to be these mission cards that you're going to complete. And so ultimately, again, 
it's area control. And so you're trying to have the greatest presence in each of those four kingdoms and score the most victory points by completing missions and collecting treasures. Uh, so it looks, like you said, it looks beautiful. Those dragon pieces and the Weberson art. Um, man, yeah. So I'm kind of excited about this one. Don't know a whole lot about it, but it looks like fun. Yeah. Yeah, that that it does look cool. It's crazy because on the one of the pictures, there's a ton of sea dragons out there. Yeah, there are. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a lot. Uh, um, yeah, that's pretty. I like that. Good pick. So let's hope. What do you got? <laughs> My number four is a game. If you say Keesling Cromer designed a game, my ears perk up, and and I'm I'm in. All right, so it's almost a guarantee that this was going to be on my list just because of that. I guess this is called Terra Pyramides. I guess is how you pronounce that. So. Maybe Terra Pyramids. If you're in Tennessee, maybe maybe in uh, <laughs> Louisiana, is that how they pronounce it? BJ. In uh. So in this one, again, I couldn't find a ton. I think the rule, rule book was available, but there were no videos or anything like that that I saw. There was one in German. But but it is a game where you are building up pyramids. You're going to be um, having to have the money and the resources to be able to do that and workers to be able to build the the best pyramids that you can get. But here's the, the cool thing that, that got me too, besides just the designers. Um, each end of the game... Uh, must place exactly one tile on the board game in a round. So every round you're going to be placing one tile, if I understand this. Then all tiles on the game board are in a straight and diagonal line, and they're going to be activated. So like as you place your one tile, you're activating all the tiles in the straight line and diagonal lines from the tile that you placed, if I understand that correctly. So it seems as if it's got that simple gameplay style that that I really love from them with also a lot of cool things triggering and interesting decisions to be made. The production of this one looks pretty fantastic too, I think. Um yeah, so I'm 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 pretty pumped about this one, but I again, Keesling Cromer, if it has their name on it, I'm just I'm in, you know, like I I'm I'm at least intrigued by what's going on and then I look at the production and I think, wow, yeah, that's that's probably something I like. And also, I'm tar- I'm starting to like this a lot too, but it's got two expansions of the box. And so the base game is, is again, aimed at families. It's, it's what it's geared towards. And then as you add the different expansions in, it adds more complexity. It gives me thoughts of like um, uh, Taverns of Tiefenthal or, you know, games like that, that add these different modules in. And I, I, I'm tending to dig that. Foundations of Rome was another big one that did that. I love that way of easing people in my problem is sometimes people just play that and they want more and they don't play the expansion stuff and they give it a bad review as a result. Hopefully you would have played all the stuff that you're interested in. So anyway, for me, I'm in because it's Cromer Kiesling. It looks cool. That is my number four, Terra Pyramides. Yeah, it this one, it reminds me a lot of what those two did with Wandering Towers, which I talked about, I believe, shortly after Gen Con which was a, a purchase for me. Again, it's a simple, like the base games, like simple family weight, but there's other modules and things, other spell tiles you can add in that kind of ramps up some of the complexity and some of the thinkiness. I like what those two are doing here. And this would have been, and, and of course the production is, is beautiful too and very clever uh, in both of those games. This would have made my list also, but the preview has it just as a demo. And so I, was, I wasn't including demo Copies. It says available October 5th, 
which is during Spiel, mm-hmm. but it also was only listed as demo. So I was confused on that one. So that was one of my honorable mentions for that reason. But this would have made one of my top five also. It if unless I'm misunderstanding this, I was thinking they were going to have some copies available. Um, but I, I could, could be. be very wrong about that. I'm not sure. I hope they do. I, I cannot wait for people to get their hands on this. I'm excited about it. Mm-hmm. Yep. That looks cool. Cool, cool. My number four is one that I um, I saw demoed by, by one or two people at Gen Con and I believe is going to be available here at Spiel. And this is another one of my favorite artists. Um, the designers I'm not as familiar with. This is the Art Project. That is capital A-R-T, Art Project, designed by Florian Siru and Benoit Turpin. If I did that right, art by the great Vincent Dutre and published by the op here in the US. One to six players, 40 minutes playtime. And this is a cooperative game where you are part of the art rescue team, ART, fighting against the White Hand, an art thieving organization. And so it sounds like in the game, again, don't know all about don't know a whole lot about any of these games, but it sounds like everyone is some kind of specialist in something and is traveling around the world. Uh, completing mission cards, trying to gather clues, sharing common resources, like all the resources in this, it stresses are are common. Uh, So you're sharing all these common resources and trying to save seven works of art before the end of the mission deck. So before that deck runs out, it sounds like just because of the resource sharing that there's maybe an alpha gaming problem here, potentially, which is the only reason why maybe I dropped it down to number four, but it looks beautiful. I mean, this is some of my favorite uh, Vincent art. Uh, it looks gorgeous and it sounds like it could be a, a whole lot of fun. Um, did you look mm. at this one at all? Yeah, it's funny. I love Vincent Dutre art too. This looks too busy for me. Ah, you're crazy. The, the art does. I don't, I, I don't think it's bad. I just think it's, it looks a little busy. Uh, it, mm, now I'm intrigued though. Okay. So the designer, um, Florian has not has done a lot of a lot of games, not a lot that I've played. In fact, only Momantra is one that mm-hmm. I've played. It's a card game that we had a review copy of years ago, but I liked Momantra. It was it was really fun. I've heard of uh, that, but I've not played it. I'd like to. Benoit Turpin, uh, I still have it, so I can I can bring it. I think I okay. still have it. Benoit Turpin did Welcome to and all those implementations of Welcome oh, to. Which okay. I love love that game. Well, and so I, I'm interested by the designers. Yeah, this the cool the theme sounds cool. Mm-hmm. I guess is I think part of the busyness is the table that the game is set up on for those pictures. It's a wooden table with yeah, it just doesn't do it for me. Not the art, but the whole setup of everything being thrown out there. I don't love this picture that they've put on there. But I bet it is a cool game. Um, well, we Great shall picture. see. Tom will tell. <laughs> that is the art project, my number four. All right. My number three is a horror game bum, 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 by designer Jeffrey CCH. I, I am assuming I'm saying that correctly, but the only game of his that I've played in the past, and by Ice, Ice Makes Games, I guess, or something like that, Age of Civilization, some of you have heard me talk about this over the years. Really cool, simple, small box um, worker placement game. Uh, Civilization kind of loosely termed. It's not like a big 
civilization game you might think of. It's a really cool game. Then they really they they redid it, Age of the Galaxy, which I've not played and I really need to pick that game up. He's also done um, uh, Isla and Something Shiny, which I'm told that I would love that game. I've had multiple people tell me that now. They think I would really enjoy that game. But this game that's coming out is Terrorscape, which is a hide-and-seek, hunt-and-escape, killer-and-prey game. This is a one-versus-many game. It's actually listed as kind of a team game, two to four players, but one player, person takes on the killer, and the other ones are cooperatively trying to survive by either finding the five keys or repairing the radio and then making an emergency call. Okay, the things that drew me in were the designer were the and, and the publisher, which I think is the same person. I could be wrong about that. What really made me pay attention was they have three games releasing. He has three games releasing at, uh, or or being demoed. So there's three games that are going to be at uh, Essen. One is Terrascape. One is Morpho, which is a three to nine player game. And so I didn't really pay much attention to that because of the player count. Epox is a civilization game and is on my honorable mention list because I don't think it releases. I think they're just going to be demoing that one. But then I was like, okay, let me check out this other one, Terrascape. And I thought, oh yeah, you start reading the comments of people who've played this game. And they, uh, there's a ton of comments that are like, this is a hide and seek game done well Hmm. Um, in the vein of a a lot of those that I really like. I mean, I, I really enjoy, I talked about Scotland Yard earlier. I really like Sniper Elite. Uh, what are some other ones that I've there's there's several others that I've played over the years, but this this seems really well done from what I'm seeing of the reviews. Now, it could just be play testers, could be family members, who knows at this point since it's not released, but it seems cool. I wish the uh, the box cover was a little less scary <laughs> um, because I think that's going to be one that's going to terrify my children, yeah. even though they might really like playing this one. Who knows? But it's. Uh, yeah, it's cool. I'm, I'm. It's like a Leatherface type character on the front of the box, and uh, yeah, I'm, I'm very intrigued by this one. Terrascape looks really cool to me. Yeah, that's not my favorite box cover, but th- this has a house. Like, there's a big cardboard oh, I house. Forgot to, I forgot to mention <laughs> that. Yeah, that was one of the big drawers too. When you start looking yeah. at that, from what I can tell, so the 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 house is a uh, it's a dice tower. And then has some other things on top of it, things that are sticking out of the house. But the game board is in front of the house. Mm-hmm. And so I wondered why. Why do you need this big house other than having a dice tower and then some of those other features that you could have put somewhere else? But then I'm like, why not? Because it's a beautiful <laughs> production. This was a Kickstarter. And I don't quite know the availability of retail. And so I'm. it's my understanding that they're going to have copies for sale, but not a ton sure. probably. And I don't know if this is going to be widely available after that. I probably should have, should have mentioned that as well. Um, oh, the house is is what's between the uh, two players too, I think. I think you've got the killer that's, on one side and then the other players on the other side. I think that's right. Yeah, that's what it looks like here from some of the pictures I'm looking at. Yeah, I, I really wish I wouldn't have missed this one on Kickstarter because I think I would love this game. Oh my word. Doesn't that look amazing? The the miniatures, some of the miniatures look creepy. That's cool. Yep. That's another thing. Like it's a <laughs> creepy feeling game that I think would be yeah. maybe a tough sell for my children, but for 
my group that plays Mansions of Madness, this might be a big hit. That is interesting. Yeah, cool. No, I missed that one. I didn't even see it. Yeah, it looks fantastic. So, uh, yep. If you all would like to send us a review copy of this, I would love to review it. That's <laughs> I will say that about all the all these games. That might be the one that I would mostly want as a review copy. Maybe it should have been my number one. I was gonna say, why is it number three then? <laughs> Come on now. So I got some amazing games at my number one and two. Okay, we'll take your word for it. So that's my number three, Terrascape. Cool, cool. All right, my number three. Um, there's really no great segue to go from that three to this three. Uh, but this is a game that I have. Um, this is coming from a, uh, it does have a, a, a mama game or a papa game. Uh, this is a game that's in the same universe. Mamas and papas? Uh, you got uh, <laughs> culture? <laughs> uh, I'm just going to go with it. So this is a, uh, number th- my number three is Pirates of Maracaibo. This is in the same universe as the Maracaibo that came out in 2019. Uh, designed by Alexander Pfister. Uh, but this one also has uh, Ralph Beinert and Ryan Hendrickson uh, coming along for the designing. And the art is by Christian Fior and, if I'm saying this right, Odysseus Stemaglau. Published by DLP Games, one to four players, 20 to 100 minutes. That's a heck of a time frame there, 25 to 100 minutes. Um, <laughs> again, a standalone game in the world of Maracaibo, which I've, I've not played. You've you played Maracaibo though, right? Yeah. 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 It, okay. I, I think it was on my top 50 at one point. Okay. Uh, of course it did. It fell off. Um, <laughs> but, but so apparently this game is similar to Maracaibo, but with, uh, a more accessible rule set, they are saying. So I'm not sure what that means. Um, but um, the first game never didn't really appeal to me as much as this one does. Cause like I've mentioned earlier, pirates, I'm a sucker for pirates. When you make that intentional and you make it sound like pirates of the Caribbean, uh, like the movies and all that, and you throw that into a Euro game. Now I'm intrigued because apparently in this one, you're racing around the Caribbean three times and you're hiring crew and allying with other ships and you're exploring the shore and you're trying to get the most treasure and trying to eventually retire to a secluded island as the most revered pirate ever. Um, again, that that piques my interest. I'm not sure about how it plays. I know it involves some dice rolling and some multi-use cards, and few people do multi-use cards better than, than Fister. A lot of his big box games have never really appealed to me, but I love his card games like Oh My Goods and Port Royal. Again, pirates and multi-use cards. So that alone has got me wanting to... Um, wanting to play this one and I would pitch this over to Dean, but right now he just took a swig of rum and it burned on the way down and he's choking and I'm watching him, uh, him, him gag. But uh, I think he's going to be, I think he's going to be okay. Just a little more rum, one more sip. I don't know if I am. <laughs> oh my goodness. I'm glad you saw that before throwing it back to me. I was, he should have been calling for help instead of making jokes about my misfortune. Yep. This one is interesting. I I often don't if I see a game has a spin-off game I sometimes I get real jazzed about it. Expeditions was one of those one of the exceptions I guess. This one I didn't even look at. And I was like, mm-hmm. okay, I really like Maracaibo. I don't know if I need another spin-off game of that. I would rather you just make a new game, although I get I get using the uh, yeah, I get. I get using the name because you got a lot of draw from Maracaibo people, but it does the opposite for me a lot of times. And this is one of those cases that 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 was the, that happened. And that was also, if I'm not mistaken, Maracaibo had a few 
cultural problems, if I'm not mistaken. And they released an expansion to, to think sort of straighten some of that out. And so I wonder if part of this too isn't, okay, let's kind of come back. Let's make, let's make it more accessible. Let's obviously cast it in light of Pirates of the, of the Caribbean because it's going to draw more people in. And then maybe we can do some of the cultural things a little better. I don't know. Maybe that was part of it. It's funny though, because it's pirates. Um, I, I know. I know. <laughs> I don't know how you can do that without, you know, offending somebody. I would hope anyway, I th- we should be offended by what, what was happening. Yeah. So um, I don't know. This even if the... it's a pirates of the Caribbean like <laughs> way of doing it. Right. Is this the romanticized version of pirates? Is it going to deal with some of the actual historic aspect of it? I don't know, but yeah. um, I'm, I'm curious. So that is my number three pirates of Maracaibo. Yeah. And it, I, okay, I'm not going to go off on a political tangent here. I promise. I said offended. I don't, you don't have to be offended by it. I'm just saying, like, we should be we should be bothered by pirates pirates raiding and killing people. Right, just like Vikings blood rage. That's right. That's right. That is that is it. That's all I got. Let's, <laughs> the way you described it sounds interesting. I still don't know if I'm jazzed about it, only because. It's hard for me not to separate the two, and I like Maracaibo, but I don't need more stuff for it, even though it's not more stuff. It's a weird, yeah, there's a lot going on up in this head. Yeah. It's no, not always I, making sense. I get that. And again, we're, I know we're moving on, but my, my same thought is with Dune Imperium. I have Dune Imperium. I have the expansions. You mm-hmm. come up with Dune Imperium Uprising. I don't know that I'm yeah. as interested in that because I feel I've got that game. This is another way to play that game. Clank is the same way. You see lots of games in that world. So I get having a game but seeing another game in that world and not being as, as interested. It makes sense. But yep. since I don't have Maracaibo, I'm interested in this one. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. So my number two is a game from a designer named Vladimir Suki, who has put out some big time hits for me over the last couple of years. Um, now he does have two, uh, at least two releases that I, I knew were coming out. Shipyard Second Edition, which I don't usually put Second Edition type games on these type of lists, so I left that one off. Even though I'm really intrigued by that, and I want to get it played at some point. But uh, recently, uh, Praga Caput Regni, Messina 1347, Woodcraft. Those last three, actually, in the Underwater Cities, two years before that. So it's like, you know, hit, hit, hit. Uh, you know, just constant hits from this designer. So I'm super excited. This one is Evacuation. And Evacuation is a game that's, um, it says players are focusing on evacuating population and infrastructure to a new planet. If you know Vladimir Suki, you know the theme. It doesn't always matter that much. I think Underwater Cities has uh, a fun theme. And, and these other ones, Woodcraft has a fun theme, but it's not really why I'm, I'm playing the games. I'm playing it because the mechanisms tend to be very solid. I, I've really enjoyed the releases that he has. You know, Pulsar is one that I've talked about that didn't really grab me, but I need to go back and play it because I probably would like it a lot more. This one, um, I don't really know a ton other than what I've looked at. Um, you can choose actions on your player board um, and then add your uh, adding cards. If, if From what I see, the expert variant adds has you adding cards to your hand that will allow you to choose additional actions and then combine those as well. Kind of gives me that thought of like uh, underwater cities, the way that it does that, even though I don't know if it plays like that. The production of this one looks really cool. Um, This putting out disc onto a board and this, um, this uh, planet map with all these different 
hexes on there and putting disc on there. It's it's cool. It's got two planets, so it looks like you're evacuating from one onto the other one. And I just, I don't know. I, I'm intrigued because of the designer. And that's enough for me because, again, it's been hit, 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 hit for the last four out of the five years. And one of those years, there wasn't even a game released from him that I that's showing on here anyway. So that is Evacuation by Vladimir Suki. Yeah, this one... This one almost made my list. Um, I looked at it. I was interested for all the reasons that that you said. One of the main reasons it didn't was because as I was looking at the the listing of games, if you go into BGG and you you sort of uh, rank the list by by hot games by thumbs, I feel like, and again, I'm being, I'm being hyperbolic here, but I feel like the first five of the top ten games are all about like leaving Earth. For some reason, it's something about escaping Earth because bad things are happening. There's this one. There's from the moon, which is another one that I thought about, you know, including that sounded interesting. But just I don't know. At the moment, as I'm looking through all those similar themes, I'm thinking, uh, I feel depressed. I don't want to play a game about leaving Earth because things are going wrong. But uh, but it does sound intriguing for all, like I said, for all the reasons that you that you said. It does look good. Yeah, I, we'll see. I mean, I I, yeah. I have high expectations because of the designer, and yeah, I didn't mention this, but. There's also another release, Aldebaran Duel, which I don't know much about that. I'm actually just seeing this on here. It's a 2023 release from Vladimir Suki. It's a one to two player game. Oh. Uh, also could be very cool. I'm I'm interested in checking that one out. But but that's not what's on my list. Number two, Evacuation. Yeah, I had not heard of that game you just mentioned, nor had I heard of my number two, which really jumped out of nowhere. Um, I do love me some clever card games, and this is another game that that has a mama or a papa game that has bred it into this world. This is <laughs> what a weird weird analogy there. Um, this is Jekyll and Hyde versus Scotland Yard. And this mm-hmm. is based on the previous game Jekyll and Hyde. Um, so this is designed by Gatan um, Beaujolais and Olivier. Sipier and Goanil. I love y'all. Nailed Sorry. It. <laughs> First try. Uh, art, again, by Vincent Detroit. He is all over this, um, my SN list here. Published by Mandu Games, two-player only, and plays in 20 minutes. This is, like its predecessor, a cooperative trick-taking game. So it spins off of the game Jekyll and Hyde. Have you played that one? I've not played Jekyll and Hyde before. <laughs> Uh, yes, John and I did a review of this one, I think. But funny enough, okay. I've been playing with Rhino1186. I forget who that is, actually. <laughs> um, but it's a Meeple Town, somebody on the Meeple Town um, board game arena group. Uh-huh. Uh, we play a lot of games together. And uh, that is, that's one we've been playing lately. The first game was really fast. I, I got whipped in the first round, which is not supposed to happen and so we're playing another one it's dropped for me a, a hair but th- it, that's a fun game check gotcha. one hides a fun game I, I do love um clever card games and i'm really into trick taking games here uh, again lately and so you know you mentioned that uh, the original and how it's played so apparently in that one and you can tell me if i'm wrong there's an identity track right and the game mm-hmm. is basically played where mr hyde is trying to move the marker all the way down so he gains control and wins the game but Dr. Jekyll is trying to survive three rounds of the game without losing total control of the identity. And so uh, apparently the, the marker like moves back and forth, right? Based on the difference between the total of one trick. So like if Jekyll wins six tricks and Hyde wins four, then the marker is going to move two spaces. Does that sound so about it, right? It goes either way. 
Um, not that it's moving back and forth, but it's moving in one direction. Right. Just depending if on whatever you, the difference is. Correct. Between, higher or lower. Right, so, right. So for Dr. Jekyll, you want to keep it exactly perfect. And Mr. Hyde, and so it's not moving back and forth. It's just continually moving in one direction. But if you can survive three rounds, then you'll you'll win, which is difficult, difficult to do for uh, for Doctor Jekyll. Yeah, that that sounds really interesting. Like I, the more I look into this game, the more I really want to play the the original because I like those games that have that constant tension of trying to read your opponent and their hand, what they might do. Because especially one of the fun parts about trick taking games is knowing when you want to dominate and just win all the tricks, or knowing when you want to throw off and try to lose on purpose and make your partner or your opponent take take all the tricks. That sounds exciting. I love that kind of stuff. This one, Jekyll and Hyde versus Scotland Yard, makes the game cooperative and adds a story campaign with chapters and objectives. And so you're still trying to maintain the balance of your dual personality, all the while trying to stay ahead of Scotland Yard investigators. So I don't know what that's going to look like. But again, looking into this, the more I want to play Jekyll and Hyde, I do love me a good campaign game uh, set in this world. So uh, yeah, I'm really intrigued by this. I would pick this up in a heartbeat, I I feel like. Intrigued, yes. Mm, We'll we'll see. Time will tell. I will play this game for sure. And it does does sound very cool. There's, everybody's got to put out a trick-taking game and everybody's got to put up a following trick-taking game to that (laughs) trick-taking game. And in new, you know, there's the For Northwood, which is a fantastic solo version. This is a a, a two player only game, which is like uh, Fox in the Forest, and then Fox in the Forest Duet came out as a cooperative version of that. And so this sounds similar to that. Very different games. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Even though I'm very intrigued by it, it sounds really cool. the The main one dropped slightly for me since I've been playing it online and had, yeah. Yeah, yeah, we'll see, we'll see. But I, I'm glad you put this on there because it put on my radar for one that I want to try. Do you still have the physical copy of the the original game of Jekyll and Hyde? Yeah, yeah, I can Ooh. teach you that next time we get together. Throw it on the pile. We're just gonna bring a whole like U-Haul of games that we're gonna play next time we get together. <laughs> oh, it does sound that way. That is very true. <laughs> All right, what do you got? All right, my last one. I mentioned that this is the year of civilization games at Essen, in Essen, at the Spiel. And this is a, my number one is by uh, Fabian Gridel, who is the designer of Turing Machine. Now, I've not played that one, but it is on my radar because it seems like a lot of people really like that one. This one is called Path of Civilization, A Story of Humankind, Civilization Development with Simultaneous Play. Now, you've heard me talk about The Last Light on here, which I've not played, but what sounds so intriguing is you can play an entire um, 4X game in a short amount of time because of the simultaneous play. Here you have this designer coming up with a civilization game where everybody's playing simultaneously that plays in one to two hours. That is intriguing to me. You're playing cards um, that have amazing artwork on it. And, and this, you know, you're going to have these leaders on these cards similar to like a lot of these civilization games of, you know, Leonardo da Vinci and Albert Einstein and a lot of, you know, a lot of these different ones, plus all these cool uh, locations, Notre Dame, Pentagon, and um, you got the, the um, one of the Apollo spaceships on here, Machu Picchu, lots of, you know, 
typical civilization things that you would see, but the art is amazing, amazing art on this one. The box, the cards, all of it looks really cool. Um, but you're building up your normal things, your science, your military, your spirituality, your culture, industrialization, all of these things. And it's done through card play from the best I can tell. <laughs> some of that is based on pictures. Some of it is based on, I've not watched any videos on this, if there are any. Um, but a civilization game that plays simultaneously so that it plays faster is one that immediately piques my interest. And so that is why this one is number one on my list. And then again, a designer that a lot of people seem to enjoy. It plays one to five players, which is cool. I'd like to try the the solo version of this one. But this is, uh, yep, this is one that I feel like I'm going to need to have at some point. Path of mm-hmm. Civilization, A Story of Humankind. Wow, that is a lot. You got a lot going on there. <laughs> <laughs> it is civilization games there's a lot going on right yeah, there's you yeah. know managing all of these different tracks that. and things that you're you know what do you want to put your efforts into and which leaders are going to guide you in a certain way so all of that seems like the normal civilization trope stuff yeah. going on but the fact that it plays simultaneous is the one that really draws me in yeah no i agree that sounds that sounds interesting uh, i love the idea of civilization games but for me, the biggest barrier is always like the setup and the time that often is associated with that, which is why like I love games like Innovation. It feels civilization-y, but it's a quick card game, you know? So again, like you said, like kind of like Last Light, when you're throwing simultaneous play into something like this. Yeah, that sounds intriguing. I, again, I didn't even see that one. I probably passed right over uh, the box cover because it wasn't, it didn't draw me in. But the cards and stuff, like you said, they look busy, but they are they are pretty. Funny enough, when you said innovation, uh, I actually this was one thing I was going to say. I was I was going to say that it actually looks uh, innovation esque. I don't I don't think it plays like that at all. It doesn't seem like it anyway. Um, but some of the card made me think. Mm. Some of the cards made me think of innovation. I thought, oh, I bet Darren would be interested in this as well. Is there splaying? If there's no I don't splaying, think so. ah, well. I don't think so. Yeah. Again, I could be wrong about that. I could be horribly <laughs> right. wrong about that right. because uh, the only, there is a video in English that I started to watch, but I didn't make it very far in it. <laughs> did you fall asleep? <laughs> well, I did. Yes, actually I did. It was very late. Time. Oh, okay. Yeah. Blame it on the, blame it on the hour, not the game. Okay. <laughs> Path of civilization. What you got? Well, my number one, um, has an exciting theme. Okay. In some ways, maybe you're building up a civilization, but not like this. This would be more of a, more of a rat civilization. My number one is Rats of Wistar. Again, another game designed by Simone Luciani. This one is um, also designed by uh, Danilo Sabia. Art by Candida Corsi and Sarah Valentino, published by Cranio Creations. One to four players, 90 minutes, This is a worker placement game where you are one of four highly intelligent rats that escaped from the famous Winstar Institute, I'm sorry, Wistar Institute and their experiments. You're trying to lead your family and trying to prove you are most deserving of leading the whole colony of rats. So the game plays over five rounds and you're trying to earn the most victory points by grabbing cheese, by exploiting abandoned human artifacts, by creating new inventions and expanding your lair and welcoming new rats into your family, and of course, occasionally visiting the alchemist rat to get some bonus, uh, some bonus and uh, bonuses and achievements. 
again, I don't know a whole lot about how it's played other than, you know, maybe primarily worker placement, but some of the, like the, the, the action wheel on the board and some of the components and the theme itself, this sounds like the secret of NIM. If you, mm. if you've ever watched that old cartoon, I think it was even a book as well. This sounds like the secret of NIM, the board game where you had rats escape from an institute that was doing experiments on them and they became highly intelligent and they went and lived in the farmer's field and stole energy and created their own, you know, society. And it sounds very rats of Nimi, which um, immediately grabbed my, grabbed my attention. I uh, am very excited about, about this one. Wow. I didn't pay much attention to this one because of the name. (laughs) It doesn't have the best name, but yeah, it looks amazing. And it's Cranio Creations. Oh, okay. Okay. The theme yeah, you know, looks great. The art is really cool. It's unique. I feel like the art's very unique. I meant to double check and see what other um, games these, I feel like I've heard those names and seen that art before. And I forgot to double check on that. But yeah, the fact that it's Cranio Creations, who's done games like Barrage and Newton and uh, some some fan favorites. has, And of course, again, Luciani, anything his name is attached to, I am, I'm intrigued by. The other designer, um, uh, Danilo, did Wendake, which I've not played, but I was really... Oh, I love Wendake. I did not even double check. That is a... We've got to play that one. Okay. Put it on the pile. You would like it. Throw it on the pile. Um, Man, knowing that... Okay, this is now not just an entry. This is a must-have. This is a must-have game for me. And Anunnaki, I've not played that one either. yeah, this is cool, Darren. This is I'm glad we ended on this one. I'm I'm really intrigued by this. It looks it looks fantastic. I don't I don't recognize the artist just by the names that I see on there. In fact, this one uh Candida Corsi is has no other credits on right. BGG. The the other one um illustrated my shelfie. And so okay. that was yeah, yeah. I like yeah, the art on that one. I, too. I do dig the art on that. Yeah. It's very cute, very clever. Uh, I hope there's more coming from this pair because I feel like this can easily be a style that identifies yes. um, people in a good way. So yeah. yeah. And it's it is unique in, in board games, I feel like. This is uh it gives me a feel. It gives me a feel of like some old cool illustrated books that I would read as a kid. Mm-hmm. I don't know how else to describe it, but I I dig it. There's you also know. some humor on some of these cards. It looks like too. This is, yeah, yep, yep, yep. All right, this yep. should have made my list. I'm sad <laughs> that I did not pay any attention to this one. Wow, you win, you win. This is this looks cool. Uh, I'm uh, real fast. We're gonna wrap this up. We've gone way, way over time, but we had a lot to cover. Honorable mentions, real fast. Delta is one that looked really interesting. Coffee Rush is one that I did not mention. It actually was on my list, but I bumped it because I already had two mm-hmm. games from uh, the same publisher that Terramides and Terra Pyramides. Coffee Rush looks fantastic, but that's one I'm super interested in. The new Challengers, Nucleum, which I think might already be out, maybe. Uh, I've just seen a lot of stuff. Cathedral of Orleans, the cooperative version of Orleans that you talked about a couple weeks ago. And then Civilution will not be available, but it's the Stefan Feld game that I'm interested in to demo. I would love to get that one checked out. What about you? Yeah, some of my honorable mentions are Art Society. We already talked about Witchcraft, which is a solo game from Trevor Benjamin, David Thompson, and Roger Tankersley. Deck building, push your luck. This is like, I think, part of the resist. same resist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Part of that same system. You're fighting off villains like Halo's Horseman, Baba Yaga, and persuading jurors not to convict you as a witch. It sounds interesting. 
um, Freaky Frogs from Outer Space. It's a solo pinball card game from Freedom and Frieza. <laughs> this was a September release, or else it probably would have made my my top five. Um, <laughs> it's, it's again Freedom and Frieza. So yeah, another release too that almost made my list, but it was a re-release. Uh, Black Friday looks really cool. Stop oh, okay, I'm not, oh I did see that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. okay. Um, also from Cranio Creations, they've got some uh, new uh, expansions for Newton that um, be good. So it's, some some of the demos that we mentioned, Terra Pyramides, uh, Ezra, Nehemiah, and Flow. Um, Flow is yeah. that, the game coming out from from Pika eventually, which is the family branch of Fantasia. Henry Audubon, Andrew Bosley sounds amazing. Um, there there are some other yeah. demo. <laughs> There, Got you. There right. was there were some other um, demos I had on there, like Unconscious Mind and Dream World, which you talked about. Septima, another witch game coming out, being delivered soon. And Fox Experiment, I think, will actually be there uh, to be picked up, and that's one that I'd backed, and hopefully will be delivered soon as well. So, Witchcraft, that game that you talked about, will be mine at some point. Resist was fantastic, and yeah. um, this adds a, a couple other things on there, it looks like. Though. So that's that will be a, we will definitely talk about that down the road. Yep, yep. That'll be good. Very exciting. All right, well, that is it for this episode that has lasted way longer than any episode we've done in maybe a while, but that's okay. Next week should be back to a little bit normal schedule. We're going to be at some point in the not-too-distant future working on some of our our Halloween themes, our horror-themed games, which I'm (laughs) playing through some right now to get ready for that. We've got lots more games to talk about in the future. If you want to connect with us, go to all the social medias at Mapletown Games, guild number 3407 at BoardGameGeek. Go to Discord, mapletownmail at gmail.com to send questions that we will get to in the not-too-distant future. So send in more of those, please. And until next time, thanks for coming down to Mapletown. Later. So, Darren, the other day, my wife asked me if I would stop singing Wonderwall. And I said, maybe.